into fetishes and games. What are you into? I'm not into anything. I do what makes me feel better. Hey guys, this is the Mode Horror Podcast, and today I'm here with Scott Philip Gergens. If you'd like to introduce yourself. Hello there, everybody. Yeah. It's wonderful to be here, and um, I'm excited uh, for this podcast. Awesome. Thank you again for coming on, and uh, I just got a quick list of questions here we can run down. Just take them one by one if that's cool with you. That's great. Awesome. Uh, so the question that I usually always start off with and ask uh, any guest that comes on is, um, what got you into horror? Oh, um, uh, so I don't remember specifically, like, early-wise, but I do know that my uh, aunt um, is a big horror fan. So uh, my parents never really kind of exposed me to much horror. Uh, but going over to my aunt's house, uh, she was a big horror fan. So her, um, my cousins um, would always be, we would, we would go over there and we'd be picking out... Um, movies from the video store and I would be expo- I was being exposed to all kinds of um, wonderful uh, movies that I never was uh, aware of before and uh, they just kind of like opened up me to this whole new world and I just loved it so. awesome and um, with that is there any uh, like films in particular or uh, maybe even like filmmakers in particular that inspired you to uh, make a film um, I love the work of um, many different uh, horror film directors, um, film directors, in, um, but uh, I would say the ones that really shape me, um, inspire me as a director would be um, uh, David Cronenberg in a more obvious way, perhaps. Um, if you've seen some of um, 29 Needles, uh, you might see some of those um, references in there um but uh i um I, I definitely am influenced by um by his work and have been for a while i love what he um does with um just like 
body horror and uh, just extreme and strange situations that just feel so natural, but uh, just out of this world at the same time, but yet a part of the world. I, I just, um, it was very, very intriguing to me um, how, how he shaped um, all that uh, and, and brought in these very um, just strange, uh, sometimes creatures or concepts. And, uh, and another director would be um, Ingmar Bergman, um, totally different side of uh, a um, of the spectrum, uh, but some of um, Ingmar Bergman's films um, really kind of just uh, shaped me in the type of stories that I wanted to create, um, and uh, just with the way that um, he developed stories and um, how he used uh, characters and visual elements um, in really. Uh, marvelous ways um, as well. So um, those two directors really shaped me as a filmmaker. But uh, when I started to get into um, and expose myself to um, some of like a, a giallo horror, um, it really, uh, I just, I love it. I love Dario Argento, uh, Mario Bava, um, you know, uh, Lucio Fulci. Uh, and I love, uh, it was like, 19 horror from the 1970s really um uh, stuck with me for a long time and i really still love it and try to explore and find new things that came from that time period there's just something wonderful about it i haven't tried to recreate it in my work specifically but those were very inspirational for me definitely and uh yeah it's funny you mentioned uh, david cronenberg obviously i have uh, these questions set up uh spoiler free so since it's uh you know the copies are still landing and it's still a fresh movie but um yeah, I, did, I was going to ask uh, if Cronenberg was an influence because I noticed uh, in some ways it was slightly Cronenberg-esque. Uh, um, but the next question I have is a couple of questions in one. Um, it's, I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about what inspired your film, 29 Needles, um, how it received the name, along with um, its uh, very loose correlation with uh, serial killer Albert Fish. So um, uh, 29 Needles, um, and I want to make sure that I there was a few questions there, so refresh me if I missed any of that, that parts of that. But uh, um, the serial killers um, have intrigued me for a while. I'm not like a, um, a, a huge like fanatic of them in a way that I could spout out, you know, what this serial killer did or this one. But just the idea of, um, of what drives them has been very... Um, an interesting subject for me. Um, and uh, in researching some of them and looking into, um, while I was developing the story, I came across Albert Fish. Um, and uh, that he, what he did um, uh, just was very intriguing and so strange and bizarre and, and ruthless and downright evil. Um, and the one thing that um, stuck out was what he, uh, when he was captured finally, um, he had uh, 29, they found 29 needles like inside of his pelvis region that he had mm -hmm. put in there for himself. Um, uh, and it was almost, it was like this self-torture for himself. Um, he'd tortured others, as, but as well as himself. And he just kind of, uh, as some of you might know, um, uh, he felt like if um, what he was doing was wrong, God would stop him. Um, 
-hmm. and he he uh, not that there's any relation to any of that in my movie Twenty Nine Needles, but I kind of um, used that concept as a jumping board for also um, what people kind of. Uh, what what provokes and um, creates this type of person. And I also um, kind of took the concept of um, what drives a person in the um, bondage domination S&M community um, in a very separate way. Those people um, gain pleasure from um, uh, domination or pain um, or receiving uh, receiving or giving. Um, and I kind of wanted to, to think about, obviously, serial killers get this type of pleasure from doing that to um, unwilling people. Um, and then I kind of just took those two concepts and and tried to create a character that um, might be driven by something in the middle. And, uh, and not necessarily knowing why there's that drive or what it is. So it was, I thought it would be interesting to make a, a character study of sorts of that type of character. Awesome. And um, this, uh, upon this uh, film's release or um, the release from the owner of film's distribution, um, even Stephen Barrow himself, the owner of uh, Unearth Films, has been quoted saying it's the uh, 29 deals is the most extreme film he's ever seen and i was wondering while making uh, the film if you were aware of um like the subgenre of extreme horror or red films and uh the fan base that it has in the underground i didn't i wasn't aware of it as a matter of fact i became exposed to it once people started watching it and um they were telling me about it now um early on uh when i was God, a teenager um i uh one I would I would babysit, um, and uh, one of the uh, p families that I babysat for, um, uh, they knew I liked horror movies, and they like we have horror movies here. If you want to watch them when the kids go to sleep, that's fine. And um, mm. and they had a bunch of faces of death in there, so that was the first time I was exposed to faces of death. Yeah, and, um, and so I was like, a, I don't know, I was like sixteen maybe, and I was like, oh my goodness. So that was definitely like extreme, and and then you know there's other more mainstream horror that's that fits into the extreme category, but I really wasn't aware of um, uh, so much. I mean, I knew that you know, okay, there's Cannibal Holocaust and and then even like um, extreme gore kind of stuff that's out there, um, you know, even in the, the Hellraiser and Bad Taste, etc. But uh, I really wasn't aware of it going into it, and uh, when I was done, and I um, and I didn't really kind of, I didn't really know. Um, when I was done making what I made, I was like, okay, I've made this, but, um, I made it exactly the way I wanted it to, wanted to, I mean, I, I, I would have done more if I had the budget and the time, et cetera, but I was happy with the end result, but I really thought that, um, I kind of have made an unwatchable movie. Um, I don't, I don't know if there's, <laughs> I don't know if anybody's ever going to want to see it or, um, if they did what they would, you know, even think of it or if it would be even... Able to get it out there because of I just kind of put no filter on anything. Um, uh, I didn't I didn't move the camera away during difficult scenes or or graphic scenes. Um, and uh, I know that um, Byro said what he said because of um, uh, the 
graphic sexual content in the film um and some of the other stuff too i mean there's some um scenes in there that are just you know uh i i pulled from stuff that people have really done um and tried to replicate um i found i, I did research with that things that people have done for pleasure that are really extreme yeah so um you know there's i combined those two and i used um i used people that um uh, were willing to do some of those things, and I uh, mixed them with effects um, as well. So um, there's a mixture of those two different things in there. Um, so I think that's what really made it. But when I was making it, I I really didn't, <laughs> I wasn't exposed to any of the type of um, other films that are out there. And um, I, I, you probably looked at the dates on things, but I I, I filmed it like in 2006, 2009, like mm -hmm. 10. Um, so I really wasn't even exposed to the, some of the stuff that's uh, the extreme horror that's been made since, you know, because yeah. it was like before I, I wasn't even wasn't even out there yet. So. Yeah, I didn't know what I was doing when I did it, but I wanted to do it, and I thought it was really interesting. Um, so. Definitely, definitely, and that kind of leads into the next question I had, um, which is, um, to my understanding, there's never a physical release uh, prior to the release done by Honor Films, only uh, you know, only festival uh, circulations and whatnot. And I was wondering if um, finding distribution due to the subject material in 2090 was a difficult process and uh, how you got into contact with uh, Stephen Byer of Unearthed Films. Well, um, when the film, when I shot the film, because it was uh, kind of guerrilla style and uh, we would just shoot whenever um, we were available and over a long period of time, um, I, and it was a one-person crew. It was pretty much me doing all the stuff, and I would set up shots and then make it look like there were multiple cameras at times, so we'd pause and then redo the same scene from a different angle. Um, it took a long time, and um, <clears throat> the audio suffered greatly from um, in, the, in the process because I recorded um, the audio myself, and I'm not really good at that. I also used the audio from the camera. So there was a lot of time spent in post. Um, uh, and uh, trying to fix um, what I had done with that audio. And, um, and it's not perfect, but uh, um, there was a lot of great work done by the composer, um, Andrew Willis, um, uh, on that uh, sound design and fixing of my audio. So in that time period, I just sat still and just was like, okay, when it's ready to come forward, it'll be done. Um, and it took, um, in, in our free time and off time, we pieced it together. And when it was done, I started just submitting to festivals, and um, uh, I got questions from some festivals. Um, I got, you know, polite declines from some festivals. Um, but the first one that really bit was Nightmares Film Festival. So it didn't, it didn't really. Once I started the festival circuit, it it was um, it was just in like one kind of long run, and uh, and then I got. Um, Days to the Dead picked it up, uh, Stick and Wrong Film Festival. Um, so it showed it uh, at three. Um, and with Nightmares, the first one was the world premiere, and that was 2019. And uh, Brooke and Andrew and I attended that in person. Um, and uh, it, it was, it got, it got the, the best of the festival um, award. And um, it, I don't know if any of you know about this festival, but it's pretty amazing uh, genre festival. And um, they're really uh, adamant about trying to get these films 
um, that make it into the festival some exposure. So he um, said, he told me about um, Biro and he said, I feel like, you know, you got a great home here and he should know about your movies. So he said, I'm going to put you in touch with him. And then somebody else um, interviewed me. Um, her name is Rebecca and she was for um, another, um, like a video podcast, um, pop horror. And uh, she um, said the same thing separately. She's like, have, you know, this, this, you should, you should let Byron know about this because um, so two people separately said um, I can put you in contact with him and he should see your film. Um, so I did. And I, me I emailed him and he saw it and he said, um, I need to sit with this for a minute and I'm going to call you back in like a week or two. And uh, so um, it was, he decided to pick it up um, after that. So it didn't, it wasn't difficult for me. I would say it, it got, it got it because of um, the first one that picked it up, which was Nightmares, and because of that um, connection there, um, uh, it, it kind of it, it started running quickly. Um, it got its legs, and it was off, <laughs> and I couldn't believe it. So, yeah, I was very lucky. I was very, very lucky, I felt. Not lucky. I felt like everything lined up um, the way it was supposed to. So Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Honor Film seems like definitely uh, an appropriate home for uh, distribution for the film, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And after um, really kind of um, seeing what they had put out there and saying, oh, I recognize that title, I recognize that title, and then I realized, yeah. okay, really, this is, yeah, it makes sense, you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, next question I had here is uh, there are uh, many unsimulated acts of... Uh, sexuality and uh, infliction of pain and I was wondering what it was like casting the film uh, finding the proper actors and actresses um, that the film required for the scenes that you wanted to shoot well um, I didn't look for actors or actresses uh, I looked for people that were willing to do the scenes so mm -hmm. I um, I went out and um, looked on the personal ads of uh, I just did it, like I said, guerrilla style. I just kind of thought, this is, this is how it's going to be easier for me. Instead of trying to find actors um, that um, would be willing to do these things, I found people that are willing these, to do these things and then see if they could act. Um, so I went that route. Um, so I, I just uh, put messages out there, and I looked on, like, uh, I created profiles, and I got kicked off a lot of them because they're like, you're not you're on hookup sites not trying to hook up you're looking for people <laughs> for a film. so i was like uh i got kicked off of stuff but um craigslist was good um because i found a lot of extras um for that but in the um in that process um i interviewed and uh um spoke with a lot of people what they would be um able to do willing to do and um and then we went through those people and uh uh, tried to see if they could deliver dialogue that was believable. Um, and uh, as that process um, worked its way out, um, you know, some characters changed, some characters became two character, two characters became one, or things switched. Um, uh, but I, um, I ended up finding the main character, um, Brooke, through my space at the time and we had mutual friends and uh brooke uh was um uh, a wonderful wonderful find and uh just brought the main character to life um 
and I, I, I feel like uh, the success of this film is largely due to um, Brooks' portrayal of the main character. Um, yeah. 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 So, um, yeah, the process was very um, different from most films, I would say, because I did it in a backwards way. But I knew because I knew that there was going to be graphic sexual content. Um, it would be he might be smarter to go the the opposite way instead of the other way. And I just thought if they can't act, they can at least they're willing to do whatever what I'm saying on screen, which is fine. Um, and I can look for the the few people and throw people in there that could act. And I was lucky to be able to find Brooke that could do both. And yeah. Brooke had never acted before ever. And um, oh. and yeah, and Brooke. Um, that was amazing, um, the performance that Brooke gave, so. Yeah, yeah I wouldn't have guessed that. Um, he delivered the performance very well. I, I wouldn't have guessed that that was, his, uh, you know, one of his first experiences uh, acting behind the camera. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, it was, uh, I was like, very excited to use um, Brooke for future films, but uh, unfortunately, um, Brooke passed, um, after the Nightmares Film Festival, um, within like a month, so yeah. oh, yeah, it was unfortunate. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, if you could talk a little bit about um the general response um upon the release of the film, both maybe after it uh hit some festivals and uh, since the Unearth Films release, uh, is it kind of the response you were expecting or? Or if you could go into a little bit about that. Well, I, I guess that I knew making this film that, like I said, I was like, I might have made an unwatchable film. Um, and, uh, and I just was getting from people that were seeing it a little bit here and there that uh, there's something to it. Um, uh, and, and so I, was like, I just felt like, okay, well, it's going to find an audience and that audience could be very narrow. Um, and I, and I understand that. And I also understand that it's not for everyone. Um, it, it's just, it's just not, um, for everyone. Uh, so I'm pre I very much was prepared for all criticism, um, that might come from it. Um, so I guess the shocking thing is that so far it, because I think it found it's, it's, right audience right away especially because unearth was releasing releasing it mm -hmm. um the i'm i was thrilled and surprised how well it's been received so far um so uh that i feel is a surprise but i do know that um uh not many people saw the movie before um the world premiere at nightmares film festival but it 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 um was on it 2 a.m. in the morning because they have this um, they have this that are in that time period but people stay up to watch them so there was a good audience in the theater at that time of night and people left were like loving it I was surprised I was expecting a lot of people that might walk out of the movie theater um, but and, and since then um, I just, uh, I, I've been very pleased with the, the way that people are um, uh, receiving the film. Um, so I think that that's more of a surprise than anything that people are, uh, for the most part, getting it. It's getting out there to people that 
um, understand it, understand what I was trying to do. And sometimes it takes uh, another viewing or or so to really kind of get what um, I was trying to to do. And I think that a lot of people going into the movie think, you know, I've seen, um, you know, American guinea pig movies and I've seen, um, you know, some of these um, other um, films that uh, are very extreme. Um, and then they see this one like, Okay, it's not it's not the same beast, but it certainly fits in the same area for different reasons. But yeah. it's almost more of a it's more of a drama that has horrifying elements mm-hmm. in a way. So um, I think that once you kind of experience that and realize what you're getting into, I think that the idea what I was trying to convey was you know just you have to sometimes sit with what's really uncomfortable. Um, to work your way through it, um, and it processes over time. Um, that that I think is is getting the, the message is getting out there to those people. So we've been pleased. Awesome, and um, with uh, people already calling Twenty Nine Needles one of the most extreme films that they've ever seen. Uh, question I have for you is, um, what would you say the most extreme film or extreme horror film that you yourself has have, have uh, ever seen? Oh. Um, that's a hard one. I don't know. Um, I uh, I guess what is extreme? Um, it's true. <laughs> it's all subjective. I don't know. It's so. Uh, I personally, um, I I don't like real things at all. Um, yeah. And uh, I I love when a filmmaker can. Um, so you can have that displacement and you're outside of it and you know that this is actors and this is fake. Um, I felt like, um, uh, if there's stuff that it kind of, uh, has been, is real, then that's, I think, disturbing to me. Um, mm-hmm. um, animal torture is definitely like, uh, uh, you know, am I, 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 I couldn't watch that. I can't watch that. Um, yeah, yeah. but if it's fake, if it's fake, it, and it has a purpose, then there's a reason, then I can see that. But I, I don't know if there's a film that I would say is my most extreme. Um, I don't know if I have one. I, I've, I, I get exposed to stuff and people are showing me this and that. Um, and some of the stuff is interesting, but it doesn't have a story to it. Um, it's just kind of extreme and then there's some stuff that has great story that's just like the contents are just over the top and it's wonderful um but is it the most uh, so i don't know I, I that's a good question i don't i don't i can't say i have one maybe it's okay. coming <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, seeing that uh 29 needles has already uh, garnered a cult fan base in the underground is wondering if there's any more future projects that you're working on or anything that we can expect from you anytime soon or in the future Oh, I would love to say um, soon, but uh, I don't know when that's going to be. But yes, I'm working on stuff. Um, and I put um, a script in the back burner because of COVID. Uh, and um, I'm, I'm feeling like um, I'm trying to I'm trying to work. I'm working on something right now that I'm trying to put out um, before that um, script to kind of fill in that time period. Um, so we'll see where, what I'm, when I'm able to get that out there to people. Um, but the script that I'm working on, I feel like once COVID is kind of a little thing of the past, 
a bit, then I'll be able to really film this in the, the same um, manner that I was hoping. But uh, I also, as as we are more aware of um, what we can and can't do, I can also, um, I'm also thinking of the idea of, um, you know, you quarantine a bunch of actors and, and talent and just do a um, the film over a very brief period of time and allow people to, you know, work that way. So it may be sooner than later. Uh, but yes, I have some projects that um, uh, are in mind. Um, and they might not be uh, exactly what people are expecting based upon um, 29 Needles. They will be, um, they won't be comedy though. <laughs> they will be, they will be still in the bizarre or um, horror um, vein. Okay. okay. Yeah. Awesome. And uh, the last but not least question that I have for you here um, is, is there any way people can find you online and stay updated on your work? If you have like a platform you'd like to plug or. Well, um, I'm, I, I have my website, which is arsenic media. Um, and I put a lot of stuff on there. I haven't, um, updated so much lately, but, um, I certainly do when I can. And, uh, I am on Facebook under arsenic media, um, as well for my artwork. Um, and I'm on Facebook personally as well. Uh, Instagram, arsenic media, um, that's where I post a lot of uh, stuff, and I'm trying to push, get um, act, active on Twitter, um, so I'm there. But I feel like the most um, easiest way to kind of see what I'm doing is probably through Facebook and Instagram right now. Okay. Yeah. Awesome, and yeah, that's um, it's all I got here for you today, but I just want to say thank you again so much for coming on. Um, Big congratulations on the release of 29 Needles, and now people are reacting to it. And uh, I uh, wish you well and hope hope everything's well. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Yep, anytime. I appreciate it. Bye-bye.